it's always uh, hard to go after uh, Colleen introduces you because it, it makes people have big expectations. And, but family, it's so good to be here. If you have a Bible, or I don't know, whatever you use, uh, turn to the, to the book of Acts in chapter 2, verse 41 to 47. We're going to be looking at something there. And um, something that I wanted to mostly share is about that sense of community. Really, community, I think, is something that um, as, as society goes and things come up, we, are, we had grown so busy that community becomes a chore. And, uh, and it's kind of an interesting thing to think about that because we were all created for community. We were never created to be alone. We were created for community. But almost, it's been like we have been distracted and pushed away. And we almost even try now to like, try to form community. And that's the, the irony of that is you cannot force community. Does that make sense? That even we, even as churches and everything, you know, and the government and things, they try to make these groups and cohorts and things because they want to push community. But sometimes, I don't know if it happens to you, but you could be closer to somebody living in Australia than somebody three doors down from you. Because community is it's, it's deeper than just being close to somebody. But we need to be close to people as well. It's impossible not to be in community. So despite our, person, you know, our personalities, despite everything, we all long and we were created to live in community as well. And that's kind of I wanted to kind of focus on today and share that. You could be somebody that is introvert and actually you enjoy being alone for a long time. But there is a moment that there's, you cannot be alone forever. There is nothing like community. There is nothing like having people love that you love coming around you. And it's one of those things. You don't need a lot of people. You just need people that love you. And that's the beauty of community. Um, I'm going to be, I'm going to turn 45 next month. Yes. So as I think of that, you know, I think about if God is really generous, he's going to give me 90 years old. Do we live a 90, you know? So if, I'm just now thinking I'm entering the second half of my life. But one of the things about the beautiful thing about being almost 45 is that I have had the privilege to live in their generation before a lot of technology, especially being, being raised in a third world country. You know, before a lot of the technology that kind of has robbed us from community. You know, and actually and now I get to see it and living in this era, seeing it and trying to get, you know, acquainted with that. And it's almost like you see the beauty of things that we're and also the danger of things that we're heading into if we don't watch it. This makes sense? So um, on Thursday, I, I got to be part of, I got to come and share and speak to the senior luncheon. The seniors that actually are seniors, not just the high school kids. <laughs> and one of the things is kids, people, Young adults, people that are 45, try to spend time with old people. Because the old people now, and you know, and I even heard this as a, as a joke the other day, but it's so true. The old people now 
are still interesting. <laughs> you know, they're still interesting. I mean, think about like even when you talk to your grandparents, you know, or talk to your great grandparents, you have a chance. Every time, even when you think about there, these people are so interesting. Pictures that you see from them are interesting. They're always attached to a story. You ever see that? You have you ever gone to your grandparents' house and say, Grandma, who's this? Oh, that was your great grandpa. He was there, and he that was the first time they opened the pier. So there's a beautiful story. It's like, wow, there's a memorable moment attached to that. But what about now? Think about old people 50 years from now. Man, we're going to be terrible old people. <laughs> when the kids, you know, great-grandkids or our kids can come and ask us, so, Grandpa, what is this picture? Oh, that was my breakfast. <laughs> Oh, those are some shoes I thought about buying. <laughs> That's the wing of a plane. <laughs> um, and Grandma, who's this? Oh, that was me standing in front of a mirror. <laughs> and the next 12 are the same, same photo. We're going to be terrible, old people, if we don't watch it. Because we have grown so disconnected and we are so focused in us that we are missing out in community. Let's think about our generation. Really, our generation, it's a, it's a sad thing and it's a moment that is hard. But before that, let's just give, me ho- let's, let's give ourselves some hope and let's look at Acts chapter 2, verse 42. It says, this is the, the first believers, how they live. The first believers says that they devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All of the believers were together and had everything in common. They saw property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. If you are like me, I cannot even, I cannot read that thing without saying, I want to be part of that community. Isn't that awesome? And when we look at that kind of thing, it's unfortunately because oftentimes in the church and everything, we look at that and say, oh, that, yeah, that was a picture. What a beautiful thing. That's how the church was. But I believe that this is what the church should be. This is the community that God intended for us to live. It's a beautiful thing. So, but what has happened what has happened? And I think uh, something that is scary, like I was just saying, you know, I mean, like, sorry, that kind of sounded like a joke. I wasn't kidding. You guys were not supposed to laugh. But, uh, but you know, not supposed to laugh. 
But you know, as, as we go on, you know, that uh, so much of that, now so much of the self is promoted, and so, we are grown so ingrown and so full of ourselves and so selfish in such a way that it's what society is bombarding into us, you know? He said that for too long, actually Catherine Boyle wrote this, and says, for too long we've been told that we can be anything, do anything, and that all criticism of that anything are an attack on our identity and very being. That self-love and self-care is all we need to thrive for. And yet, we never seem more miserable, never being more lost, and never less confident of what we stand for. Maybe one day, the all-knowing AI, artificial intelligence, will tell us the truth. Find that purpose outside of yourself. You are not enough. So with this kind of thing, we really look at our youth, and nowadays we are so lonely. We drive and we go in really crowded spaces. We're in crowded concerts. We're in crowded places, and yet we're lonely. Isn't that odd? Isn't that interesting? There is a huge lack of purpose as well. So much you know, has been into the self-love and to the you know, self-care and really love yourself. And that kind of has grown more into being selfish. And it's taking us, and it's, 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 uh, it's kind of sad because it's kind of robbing us from the, from the beauty of that. What about confused? I think never more than today, we are so confused in so many ways. People don't know what they believe or what do they believe it. Reasoning has been a part of now, it's like part of the past, it's about feelings, it's about vibes. Could be totally wrong, but if it feels good, I'm on. And then, but the problem of that is guess what? Truth catches up with you and you cannot drive on feelings. You know, if like, same thing, is like, well, I remember even Pastor Denny saying, if you try to break the law of gravity, gravity will break you. So it's the same thing. I think it's kind of over and over. The the, a lot of the new generation, a lot of our society nowadays are going into something that doesn't have a foundation. So when you don't have a good foundation, late, sooner or later, you're going to fall. And that's kind of, it's a, it's, a it's a huge problem in our time. What about the thing, a need for community? And this is why we see that people kind of partner or, or rile up with things that are so weird, even things, you know, and it's kind of a sad thing. That's mean like the reason why gangs are so effective in recruiting people is because they want to, a lot of times, some of these people, they, don't, they feel like they don't fit anywhere. And then they said, well, I will fit there. And oftentimes the big lie is, we got your back. And isn't that what we long for, to feel protected? Isn't that what we long for, to like actually live in a place that I know that somebody does care? That somebody that loves me, and somebody that I can love. And so that's why sometimes, I mean, like, gangs are, it's, 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 it's an easy prey. 
This is the kids that were probably a lot of times, I mean, when I worked in Santa Barbara, and even now being in Costa Rica, we had so many immigrants coming in, and so a lot of the kids are being born there, and a lot of these kids, they feel like they don't fit in their native culture, and they don't fit in the new culture, because they are both. And all of a sudden, there's that confusion, like, what am I? Who am I? And then they kind of start aligning more with the wrong values on that kind of things. But one of the things that makes a community um, that has to happen for community, and it's so hard, is that community, in order to really live in community, you have to be vulnerable. And isn't it true that nowadays, it's like the biggest thing is you can be vulnerable, you have to be strong. And vulnerability is what really, when you put yourself out there, it's a scary situation nowadays. But unfortunately, unless we are vulnerable for who we are, we will never really experience true community. Because we can live in pretense. And that's unfortunately why so much of community nowadays happens. It's just people on what other people think or what other people say about you. And then you feel you have to fit in. But how awesome it is to be part of a community that you feel like you don't have to fit in. You just have to be you. Isn't that amazing? It will be, be a beautiful picture of that. So vulnerability, same thing. It's, uh, it's one of the things is we want to make sure that as a community, it is something that you just want to be able to show up and throw up and people still love you. <laughs> right? It's one of those moments that you don't feel like you have to impress anybody. But for that scenario, you have to be vulnerable. You have to learn how to do that. And at the same time, I know that it's not an easy thing. It's easy for me to say it, but it's, not a hard, it's a hard thing to do it. But I think one of the greatest uh, problems that hinders us is what you got to understand that we don't have to be twins to be brothers. And that is kind of the biggest thing that is kind of tearing apart community nowadays, is we feel like we have to, if I, you know, if I disagree with something that Jeff disagrees, agrees with, then Jeff is my enemy. And that's not true. We have to grow beyond that and understand that we don't have to like the same color to all be in community. And it's amazing that as we kind of grow in adults, it's almost like our brain is almost shrinking because we are so childish in so many little things that are superficial that are breaking us apart, staring us apart. And I don't even want to talk about politics because I will get kicked out. Um, <laughs> but you know, I just want to say this. What if we were to think that the right wing and the left wing are part of the same bird? You know, but, but then, you know, that's just, yeah, that, I'll just shut up there. Um, anyways, so we're just a need of community, and I think it's when the community comes together, it's just a beautiful thing to watch. It's just an awesome and a beautiful thing to watch. So I would like to look at this, uh, at, um, at this story on the Bible, when we look at that, uh, at that picture of community, that picture of the beautiful community that we see in the book of Acts, that's the picture of the church. I believe like many had said, that the church is the hope of the world. If the church really understand that part, 
you know about community, it would be amazing what it can do. So something that, unfortunately, we so much of this, and we are so confused, and we are so um, we don't know what we stand for. So much of this, we're now trying to get is we try to get distracted, right? Have you ever seen that we try to distract ourselves always because you don't want to think of real things? Ever happens to you? You know, it's like one of those things. Like our phones are so easily, you know, you kind of uh, back in the day you couldn't walk out without your ID. Now you're like. I want to make sure that I have my phone. You know, I don't care if I didn't bring my oxygen. You know, as long as I bring my phone, you know, I don't care if I didn't bring my pills. You know, as long as I have my phone, I will be okay. You know, because we, we, we seek to, to distract ourselves because we don't want to think. We have become lazy thinkers. What about now even like, you know, just in general. So we, we kind of had gone so far on that area that we are just lazy and we kind of distract ourselves to numb ourselves. I even hear the other day um, a, a really, a really, really popular kid song. And you know, it's funny. And it's the whole thing is a tragedy because his car stereo got stolen. And now he has to sit in silence. <laughs> right? You ever heard that song? Yes? Okay. Right? 21 Pilots. I can't believe it that my car stereo and I have to sit in silence. That's a terrible thing to happen. You know, silence. Because we don't want to be silent. Because if we are silent, it makes us think. And we have gone so accustomed to be distracted. I will even say, what about church? Even some of us come to church to be entertained by a program. Or to be entertained by something here. I don't know if you noticed my PowerPoint and my iPad today. But it's because we try to get distracted. Sometimes we even Sunday we go because we're going to a great kids program. My kids are going to be love it. And I go in there and the visuals and all these things are going to be awesome. And by the way, I'm going to show up late and leave early because I don't want to talk to anybody. <laughs> I just want to be there and just kind of have an experience. Just be distracted. Anybody identifies with that? You know, and so... I think that's the biggest thing about the community and the church today. We need to, you know, get on that sense of community and understand that the church is the hope of the world. So when we look at that picture of community there, we notice different things. And basically is that the church, in a way, is like these people that were there and were together and would gather, they were disciples. In other words, is there were people that were committed to the cause of Christ. And they really were committed. They were not just there to be entertained, but they were there because they believe in what they have seen. And they believe in what they have heard as well. So I think for true community to really happen, it's got to be something also personal. There's got to be a spiritual growth that is individual. If we don't grow spiritually, and that's something that the pastor can do it. Nobody else can do it. The coach can do it. It's something that's personal. It's between you and God. I can tell you many devotionals. I mean, devotionals and things to read the Bible and how to grow spiritual abound today. But unless we do it, it's like beating a dead horse. That will never happen. So it's something that has to grow in us too. And then the other thing that we see on that picture is communal living, Right? They said that the people who had things share with the people who didn't have things. And somebody, one day I was sharing this, and somebody said, you know, but wait a minute, that sounds like communism. I don't like that idea. 
and he's not. I wanted just to, just to give you the kinder version of this is basically in, in community, you have options. In communisms, you don't. These people had the option. They didn't have to sell their possessions. I mean, you remember the story about Ananias and Sapphira and Sapphira? That's a whole different, that's, by the way, that's not the Old Testament, that's the New Testament. But that was a whole, is, an, is another sermon. But they had the option. Peter says, you guys didn't have to lie. I mean, nobody was telling you. You should have just sell the property and keep the money. You are not obligated to give it. But in community, you do it because you love it. And that's because you do it because you feel that that's the right thing to do. Right? So community living. And a lot of times, I remember back in a, 25 years ago, you know, kind of in the U.S., and a lot, you know, the U.S. kind of sets the tone for a lot of other countries. By the way, you guys knew, not, knew that, right? You, not, you know that when the U.S. sneezes, we get a call in Costa Rica. <laughs> because it he, he marks the pace for a lot of that stuff. And so much of that was about community for church. And a lot of churches, I remember it even changed their names from community church to, you know, for don't, uh, sorry, from, from a Christian church to a Christian community. So much because community was a beautiful thing. And a lot of people like the idea of community, but they don't, they, they don't understand what is to live in community. When we first moved to Costa Rica, our house would fill up with kids. And there were so many kids there. And I remember just seeing 55 kids lining up for spaghetti one night. And then it was a beautiful thing. And people would come down and say, oh, this is so beautiful. All these kids there and they share and they do their dishes and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, it's beautiful until you find wet towels on your couch. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's beautiful until you go and try to find your sandals and somebody borrow them. It's a beautiful thing until you go find your surfboard just to find out that somebody borrowed the center fin <laughs> or their leash. So community is messy. To live in community is messy. You know, and that is the thing. You have to be okay with that. Obviously, there's got to be some uh, parameters to have a healthy community because otherwise you have abusive people and you have people being abused. But you have in a community that actually functions, it's going to be messy as well. So we need to understand that. And again, it is also when you find out that you can live in community, and when you find out that you have grown in you and in, in yourself spiritually and emotionally, you will find out that you have now a greater purpose for outside. And that's when you can really be in community. When you understand that it is okay, that things don't come out the way you expect it. There is people that said, oh, I love to be a team player as long as I'm the captain. <laughs> you know, and this thing, living in community means that sometimes the best place for you to be is on the back seat. Some other days you might drive, but that is what it means to be in community. So, and I would just uh, like to read something really quick here that I think I'm coming up to the end of my time. Um, but I think, like I said, for the church, we have to make sure that we focus on community because we have even been lured 
into the distraction, into creating more of an attractional model or even creating an experience that we have forgotten that really is community that will sustain the church. It's really, it's awesome to see that at the end of that, uh, that picture of the church, isn't that great that this, there's half of the, of the verse that says, and the Lord added daily those who were being saved. And isn't it as a pastor, I, we, we've been with the temptation that our job is to bring people into the church. But isn't it awesome to watch that when the church behaves or the church leaves as the community that is supposed to live, guess what? People want to be part of that. You imagine if we were living that way, how much money we have to save in, in, in uh, you know, how much money we'll save in events. How much money we'll save on like, even like printing materials or creating attractive videos or even like, in, you know, better sound system or thing because people will say, I want to be part of that community. But I think, you know, um, a guy by the name of Larry Crabb puts it right on the perspective of this. The future of the church depends on whether it develops true community. We can get by for, for a while on size, skill communicators, and programs to meet every need. But unless we sense that we belong to each other with mask off, our vibrant, the vibrant church of today will become the powerless church of tomorrow. Stale, irrelevant, a place of pretense where sufferers suffer alone, where pressure generates conformity rather than the spirit creating life. That's where the church is heading unless it focuses on community. We have a challenge. I really pray that for us, we can really focus on right here, the people who are in this room, the people who came in here, because the people that wanted to hear about God today. What if we start living in such a way? What if we just kind of really live in that community of true humility, of like, you invite people for dinner? You invite people to come to your house and you're not so worried about what your house is going to look like because I'm going to be judged. We come from a place in Costa Rica that we love it. We've been invited to places that some of them are dirt floors. And there are people there. Sometimes we have find out that the people who have the least is the most generous people. We had, we've been invited to other really amazing places that it was all about pretense. It almost feels weird. It almost feels like you shouldn't be there. So why do we understand that sense? That really is community that was going to hold us together. There's nothing else. We can be distracted. And I think the church has that challenge to keep the community. I will remember being in a room with people from close countries sharing uh, about what was happening. And one of the things that somebody from a country in West Africa basically said, I think the problem for the church in the West, and that's us, is that they had gotten to the point that they believe that the gospel is not enough. 
I wanted to kick myself in the butt. But that's a sermon for another day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for this morning. Lord, we are here to, to say thank you for loving us, for bringing us into a family. Lord, help us to be a family that loves you. Lord, help us to be a family where we are vulnerable to each other. Lord, help us to know, to live in a place that we are not afraid to be ourselves. Lord, to know, to be known and love for who we are. And Lord, more than anything, we know that it is in community that we can walk towards holiness. It is when we live in a community that encourages one another to live a holy life. Lord, help us to be an example. Lord, and we ask forgiveness for the many times we've been distracted, for the many times we put our focus on other things rather than in you. And Lord, help us to go back to the basics. Help us to go to the back, to back to the basis when you said, and the people will know that you're my disciples for how you love one another. Help us to love that way. Amen. Thank you for listening. If you would like to learn more about the Free Methodist Church of Santa Barbara, you can visit us online at fmcsb.org. We pray this message has been a blessing to you.